Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, we're recording? Yep. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. We are recording this on November 22nd, Tuesday. Uh, joined by just Jason today, yes, no sir. Josh. Yeah. New Three. location, new vibes, completely different setup. Yeah. I, was, I, do was, I don't know if I was going to bring that up or not. Like, it's different for us, but, like, for the listener, they've never seen us talking. So, it really is just the same sort of shit from them. I mean... Fair enough. Location's obviously way better than what... I was recording it by myself. I mean, there was a few episodes way back when when I was recording in my car while driving. The good old car cast. Yeah, exactly. You, you introduced that to Elliot Freeman. Fun fact. What do you mean? He he does it from his car too? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes he does 32 thoughts from his car. When Can you hear the like the, the, the turn lane? Oh, I, the flicker? I don't know if he dro- drives and does it, but I think he just does it from his car. It's oh, like... I was literally driving. <laughs> I was like, it was the Kasperi Kapanen tree. There was a oh few others. God. So I'm like... I don't have time to record and like my house is loud. So fair enough. I was like, let's just drive and do it. Who cares? We got to get something out there. But anyway, so we had devils, sabers, Islanders on the docket as we labeled it trap week. The Leafs ended up with one win, but four points in this one. Um, it was funny. Steve Dangle did point this out. The Leafs have as many wins as they do losses this year, but they're like second in the Atlantic still. Yeah. The loser point is coming up big for us. Massive. I think uh, how many OT losses do we have so far? Five. Five? Five? That's crazy. A do we have any OT wins? No. I don't think so. No, we do. Robertson. Robert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dallas. I was a, yeah. So the Leafs one in five at, on, in OT? I guess so. This that's, year? That's terrible. That's horrible. That's so funny. Also, the fact of having a team with this much scoring, I guess so the scoring doesn't really relate, but a team this good and going to overtime six times out of 20 games, obviously a small sample, tons of variants, but like... We should probably be winning those games. It, sh- it shouldn't be happening. And it's just also oh, yeah. partially the fashion that it happens in. It's just kind of sad. But yeah. anyways, but two yeah. overtime games this week, and it was tough I to mean, see them lose. Yeah. Just to look at it, like they didn't really deserve to get to overtime against the Devils. Nope, for sure not. But then again, like they deserve to win that Islanders game. 100%. And they they lost both. Yeah. That's, because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's obviously. the toughest pill to swallow there. <laughs> but <laughs> So we got... Um, we're going to talk a little bit about why the Leafs are doing so poorly at three-on-three. Three. Matt Murray and how he's been playing. He, we're three games back from injury. I got lots of views on him and lots of opinions and such. Biggest news, which we haven't even talked about yet somehow, um, Morgan Riley is injured. He's on long-term injured reserve. Estimated time is four to six weeks because I believe from per Darren Drager, Per Darren, one of my favorite things to say <laughs> when talking about literally anything. Per Darren, it's a MCL sprain or MCL strain or something. Anyways, four to six weeks, he's going to be on the shelf. Um, allows the Leafs to put him on LTIR. So a lot of defensemen out right now. So current list is Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, TJ Brody. Our three best defensemen, too. <laughs> like, Oh, boy. Um, Nick Robertson, how he's been scratched this whole week and some opinions on him and yeah, the new lines. So 
let's get into it. Um, let's get through the games real quick. Um, the Devils game, that that team is good. Yeah. The, There's a reason they're winning. So listen, if you games. haven't watched the Devils at all this year and that was your first time watching the Devils, you'd probably be really surprised. You'd probably be looking at them at the top of the standings and kind of thinking like, thinking they were in the same situation that Buffalo was a couple of weeks ago where it's like, oh, they're only at the top of the standings because they're getting incredibly lucky, good bounces, things like that. No, they are actually just an amazing team. Yeah, they're and outchancing teams. They're destroying teams at 5-on-5, five five, absolutely destroying yeah. them. Like, they're first in the league, Corsi 4 percentage, first in the league expected goals percentage. And, like, maybe some of that could be attributed to the fact that the Devils' home arena tends to be generous towards the Devils, could be scorekeeper's bias. But they're doing it at such an insane rate that it's like, even if like you were to adjust for scorekeeper's bias, which I, I don't know how they normally do that, but like it's not the scorekeeper's bias. They're actually no. just amazing. Exactly. They're really good. But yeah, it's funny because like last year, it's not funny at all. I don't know why I said that, but last year they were more of a running gun team. Like the defense was kind of loose, but the goaltending was also very atrocious. They were picking people up off the streets to to play goal for them. But this year, like the offense still buzzes, it hums. They've got a lot of exciting players on offense, but on defense, they've got some, it's like trees back there. You can't get the puck through the amount of shots they block. I'm, I'm really curious to see that like they blocked a ton of shots against the, the Leafs. It was so hard to get pucks into the scoring area. On top of that, it was so hard to j- just get pucks on net and to get good looks to uh, Vitek Vanacek. And like this year, he's got, a 918. He usually he's around 905. To get him to 918, they've got some really good D in front of them. So big. They're able to move the puck. They're able to ge- uh, generate offense on top of that too. Like it's uh, they got a well built team. Oh yeah, and we talked about them bouncing back, but I don't think anybody saw them Being doing it to good. this degree. Like we, I think we all pay, we all picked yeah. them to make the playoffs, which was a good good sharp pick on mm-hmm. our our end. But I don't think any of us expected them to be first in in the. Uh, First in the their division, which they're likely to finish on a what 13, 14 game win streak. Craziness. Like what's playing into this? Playing into a lot of this, I'll say. Like Miles Wood has ten points in nineteen games. Crazy. Like I did not see him coming back this far. uh, This to playing playing up to that level, especially after not playing for like a year and a half. Um, Andre Palat's not even playing. He's injured right now. We thought that. Whereas Alexander Holtz would be a big part of this as well. Again, he's not playing at all, too. Just like guys are stepping up. I mean, f- former first overall pick, Nico Hishier, has 22 points in 18 games. Jesper Brat is playing at like a heart trophy level, debatably, very, very debatably. Jack Hughes, we all knew he would be doing pretty well. Yeah. Dougie Hamilton bounced back. Thomas Tatars kind of bounced back. And Dawson Mercer, and like, just I'm I'm going through names, names, they're names, all, names that are all playing pretty well. Yeah, they're firing all. And some of the younger guys are taking another step. Absolutely. So. And uh, just one last thing on that: maybe the most underrated pickup of the offseason was John Marino. Yes, he like just he looks really fantastic with rounded them. out that hundred percent. Like that, it they're took deep. them to the next level. It oh. took their decor to the next level. Really, very, very much. And what so. did they give up? Ty Ty Smith. Is that for John Marino? I know they Ty did Smith give up pick, Ty right? Smith. They gave up Ty Smith in the offseason, but then Ty Smith is now on Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. I thought, I don't know. A, a, Ty Smith and a third-round pick for John Marino is pretty pretty good it's job. Not bad at considering all. They kind of. Ty Smith isn't playing. Shoot. Exactly. Ty Smith is in the AHL right now, and it's like, 
it's a move that made them compete quicker, which is a smart yeah. thing because they understand where their window is, and they, they, I guess they thought they'd yeah, be more he's, prepared. He's a few years away. He's still exactly. a smaller offensive defenseman with not the quickest stride. But hey, like that's so. that's what you got to do with prospects, right? I think maybe yeah. this team can learn a thing they or two really from that. They really recognize. Right? They really recognize their window, so kudos to them. They're they're running hot, and let's see what they can do the rest of the year. I mean, hopefully the injury bug doesn't hit them too hard. But anyways, yeah, and they play with some bite. Nathan Bastion, he's a, he's a heavy hitter out there. And then my, Michael McLeod's also a pretty good defensive player. But anyways, moving on from the Devils, I think that game, it was just like they, the Leafs got smothered. They were able to hang in there. I thought Matt Murray played pretty damn well in this one. Uh, the Nico Hischier goal is just, I'll get into keep in mind that one and try to remember how that one was scored. Cause I'm going to reference it back in, uh, in a segment or two, but anyways, then we had the big bad Buffalo Sabres coming into Toronto on Saturday, digging through the snow to get to Toronto on Saturday. Um, everyone and their grandmother must've thought that the Leafs were going to lose this one because it was Buffalo had to dig themselves out of, out of their homes, uh, pretty much out of their homes to get to Toronto, number one. Number two, they were on a seven-game slide. Number three, uh, Uko was playing like his first game of the year. He's their third-string yeah. goalie because Eric Comrie got injured. Like Everything was just stacking up where it's all stacking up against Buffalo, but usually that plays into, well into the hand of Leafs opponents. Yeah, so whenever things are going wrong for the other team, it's usually bad for the yeah. Leafs because for some reason whenever those that those things happen I don't know if it's just the curse I don't point know in case is, Zamboni but. driver and net point in case Pittsburgh last year was playing with um, Mark Donk and Buzz Flublik as their forwards and they still beat the Leafs seven with 7-1 one. One. yes they beat the wheels off the Leafs that yes. game like just the list goes on and on and on I can't think of any more because they've probably been buried in the back of my brain but the Leafs came out pretty strong in this one Three goal lead before the end of the period. Um, like the the funny thing is about this one, like it wasn't really close. The closest the Sabres made it was four one, I want to say, like a three goal lead for the Leafs. Yeah. But if you look at the advanced stats, the chances were kind of even. But so then, did Lukin not play well? Well, no, he had zero chance on any of the goals. I think the Leafs just really put forth some really good chances and were able to to convert on them. Like when you look at it. Uh, let's take a look. The, the I think it was the first one, the first William Neeland or second, either one. I don't know. The one where it was. Oh, sorry. The first goal. Here we are. Holy moly! They're all jumbled so much in my head. But here we are. First goal was a uh, a nice one timer from Marna that was tipped in by Tavares. You're not getting that one. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. The second one was a Cali Yarncrock rifle off a one timer from Engvall. Pierre Engvall. That was also too many men, but. You know, we'll take I what we that. Can. Well, it was we'll too many. It. Zach Aston Reese was getting off. Engvall was getting on, and, and he scored. played it. Oh wow! I think it was Engvall played it, and Aston Reese was still on the ice. Skinner was losing his mind, and that was the first period too. So that's a far change being going to the offensive zone to your own bench. So. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, nice feed. Cali Yarncroft just picked the corner top shelf like off a of one timer. That's kind of really tough to stop. The third goal was the Marner drop pass on a breakaway. Are you kidding me? Like you're not stopping that. Yeah, and I and shout out to some of my friends who said Marner needs to shoot more on the breakaway. I'm like, oh. why? Why would you ever do that if this works every time? Like, because they were like, it not worked. It, it, no, it, I, I oh don't no, remember. no no. Remember when they were on a two on zero, and I don't think Matthews was expecting it. Oh, he, and he like, passed dropped, it back. He passed it to ah, nobody. That's that's different. But like, if listen, if he's on a breakaway, just him and the goalie, and he 
like so smart, scans behind him before he enters his zone, sees a guy trailing him who he can pass to, and he makes that pass, and it's a goal every time. Yeah. Do that every time. A lot of people are complaining about that goal. Um, you're wrong. 100%. It's in the rules. It's, it's you can't knock the off the net. Like, and then literally every single time someone's about to score, I'll just, just knock, knock off, off the net. Exactly. Like, I'll exactly. take the two-minute penalty, no problem. And I'm pretty sure that rule worked against us at some point last year, I remember, where the net got knocked off, but because I, that's it why... It worked I, for the Leafs last year, and oh, maybe it, worked it worked against, I okay. believe. Yeah, that's the only reason why I know the rule, though, is because, again, yeah. if it gets knocked off, like the, it's like an upright in football. The the post still exists. Like, exactly. Right? Like, exactly. But So, anyways, that game was, was fun. Lots of goals. Um, shout out, there was one play, the the William Nylander goal, the not the breakaway one, the other one. Um, like, just a breakdown of this play. Is on the power play. Pass comes to Austin Matthews. He one times it. So he gets, he was a big part of that goal. A nice one timer. Lucan did his best to fight it off. The rebound went into an inopportune spot for, for the goaltender. So a good spot for the Leafs. John Tavares just shoved every, like, it just showed how strong he, he, it really is this goal because he just pushed everyone out of the way kind of thing and pushed the puck right towards the net. He fought off like two, Two guys, and then it was just an open little tap in for Nylander. Love it. So just to see the the big one timer from Matthews, the huge net front battle from John Tavares, and then Nylander just making sure that thing goes over the line. That was that was a thing of beauty. Work of art. Work of art. Exactly. Good, great play from those two over the past couple of weeks. And just yeah. did they go back to Matthews oh, Marner Bunty for this game? I almost forgot to write this down. Thank you for bringing this up. Um, I have my notes here. Let me pull this up. I don't. I forgot I had notes. Thank you for bringing this up. <laughs> but yeah, so for this game, it looks like they did go back to Matthews, Marner. They did. Bunting. So in this game, Sheldon Keefe went so wild. I've never seen a Sheldon Keefe shuffle like this one before. Nine minutes into the first period, they switched it to Ma- uh, Matthews, Marner, Bunting, and then Nylander, Tavares, Kerfoot. They just switched it back nine minutes in. Or sorry, 11 minutes into the game. He decided it's not working. Let's switch it back at five on five, right? Not only that, midway through the game, he started shuffling the defense. Yeah, at weird. so many points, I was like, is someone injured? What's going on here? Someone benched? He shuffled through all the defense. He made sure everyone played with each other, which, okay, if you're, oh, okay, let's check. Oh, does this work? Does this work? Whatever. How can you develop chemistry with someone for one game? That doesn't make any also, sense. Also, those yeah. lines that he put forth, Nylander, Matthews, Bunting, they haven't been together that long, and they haven't been that good. Yeah. Outside of playing a shitty Pittsburgh team and being the wheels off of them, well, not actually not redact that. Outside of scoring a bunch of goals against a shitty Pittsburgh team, they haven't really done that much together. So why are you switching this up and then going back to it the next game? Yeah, it was weird. Because like, like, the game before, you had Nylander, Matthews, Bunting. It's like, why did you decide nine minutes into the game? Because it's funny because if you 11, look... 11, 11 minutes. minutes. It was nine-minute mark, okay, I yeah. believe. So if you look at the forward lines on natural statric, you don't even see... all. You see five Leafs lines. It's the <laughs> North, the, the, the my, Bunting, Matthews, Nylander line played for two minutes and 49 seconds. The other lines nice. didn't play enough to show up on natural statric <laughs> as a forward line. Um, he didn't even stop at the top two lines. He switched Engvall and Zach Aston Reese. Crazy. But That's it's weird. like, why? What was What did this do? And I, I guess maybe because it was like it looks like the Matthews Nylander bunting line got outshot two to two to eight, which is not good. <laughs> but no, yeah, a maybe, lot of it but, was garbage time. But, I will say, but no, the but shots that, were even. No, no, but that was at the beginning of the game. Point. Well, 
that line two to eight at the beginning. Yeah, they did get they, hemmed. Yeah, so maybe that's why. But uh, like, still, here's the thing though: if you're gonna but still, then you're gonna just go back to it the next game. It doesn't make sense. I agree, right? Like, if you're gonna do this, the whole point is to test it out to see if you can actually run in the playoffs. That's what the season's for. Let's be honest. Like, this yeah. team is probably probably knock on wood right now because like, who knows? They have fifty fifty record yeah. 50 50 record right now um yeah like they who who knows like what's gonna happen but anyways uh, was this weird. is this is what you do uh during the season right you want to jumble your lines up for a game though you don't want to do it for five minutes of a game because that does nothing if you you, you want to see them for a game or two that's what pisses me off about the blender is like let's get an actual game under our belt to see what the, these guys actually look like uh, instead of just firing out and I, I understand that these guys played together previously yeah. but I'm, i mean most more so to the d and like just the whole philosophy mm-hmm. behind it it's like yeah he, he looked like an impatient 14 year old playing nhl <laughs> like on top of that like i don't know we complained that the last coach didn't switch up the too lines rigid. enough he was he was way too rigid he would try for one shift and then go nope no see it doesn't work and now we have a coach that it's like hmm yeah let, let's just change everything let's just change everything every two games it seems like it, it's very strange. It's honestly but. like sometimes he spins a wheel and he's like, "All right, this guy with this guy, this guy with this guy, this guy." Anyways, the hamster, but. the hamster wheel in his brain's running a little too hard. <laughs> but our last game we had on the dock, it was the Islanders, and uh, they gave us quite the Islanders type game. Uh, very boring. Really had to to kind of earn. Like the the goals were all like kind of sh- or sorry, the Tavares one was on the power play, correct? Should have known this before, but who cares? Anyways, the Matthews goal was a nice little tip job off of uh, Lilgren's point shot was blocked first, and then he was able to get it back, luckily, and then it was tipped on net. Um, just kind of a, a lower event kind of game, but the Leafs did overall, I thought, outplay the Islanders in this one. I mean, Morgan Riley had a chance where it just it trickled off the crossbar, fell forward, but then like the the trajectory of the puck, if it was just a little bit like one way, it would have fallen back and, and gone in the net. Like the, the game was that, that close. Um, they really shouldn't have gone to overtime. I don't understand. Eric Schalgren just completely muffed that pass. Like that was, Jordy Ben was wide open. He had no pressure and he just, he just kind of got caught up on his stick. And like, that was atrocious. <laughs> that was so bad. He had to do nothing all game. He had 20 saves, I believe in this one. Maybe yeah. twenty saves, the most action. He made a couple of nice saves in, in overtime, but that was a that was a blunder and a half from him. Yeah, and honestly, like I'm okay with a game like this though because we should have won, and like you're not going to win every game that you should have won. And I get it that the way we lost is not the most appealing and the most. So like, we earned a point with we, the higher powers. No, hey, we hey we deserve no, this no, one. But it's, I'm not I'm not even talking about the OT, like we could have lost an OTI. I'd still be okay with this performance because I thought they played well. And also on top of that, like I thought the four D who are playing, uh, when Sandin when Sandin fought for uh, Matthews, there's a couple dirty almost, hits that came. We didn't. He almost died. He almost died. But shout out to him for stepping up. Yeah. But like I was, I was incredibly impressed with how well our four defensemen, who are essentially like fifth and sixth pairing defensemen, stepped up and played those like five, essentially five minutes, and they were completely gassed. I thought they played really well. And it, it mm-hmm. sucks to see that Shalgren basically passed away the game but it's okay i think i think overall we showed a lot of resiliency resiliency in uh stepping up when morgan riley got hurt even though again we lost but i'm talking about the overall play of the game i don't care i care a lot less about outcomes this early in the season i care more about process process and product like what we're doing right there that's what i care about more 
the outcomes mean nothing. Like we've been like there's 82 games in the season. We played 20 already. Like these games uh, are going to backtrack by. a little. The outcomes do mean something. You need outcomes to make the playoffs. However, yes, and if your process is broken and you're getting the correct outcome throughout the year. When it comes time to, for playoffs, you're not going to have a chance. Exactly. So, or it's not even. Usually, that doesn't even happen. You won't even get to playoffs. There will be a complete kerfuffle in the middle there, and you're going to end up. You know, you're not going to end up making the playoffs, or exactly. you'll struggle to make the playoffs. You'll yeah. limp into the playoffs. So, yeah, that's a something, something good to to keep in mind there. But, I mean, yeah, I, I really like that game against the Islanders simply because they were able to not really feed into the Islanders game of you, you t- make mistakes and then they, they're able to capitalize on it. Uh, however, flipping goalie made a mistake and they were able to capitalize on it, but throw, throw 57 minutes of the game. The, the skaters on the ice were able to minimize their, their mistakes and minimize the amount of times that the Islanders were able to hem them because there was a couple, but that's hockey. It happens. Exactly. So. And, and we, we dominated, though, because we like scoring chances for 33 to scoring chances against 19. So like that's exactly that's yeah. what we want to see at five on five. Uh, um, on to the other kind of, I guess, argue, uh, like uh, elephant. I was going to say argument. Elephant in the room. We yeah, suck in OT. We absolutely yeah, suck. I blamed it mostly. Two OTs this week. Yep. We lost both of them. I blamed it mostly, honestly, on Morgan Riley. Because, listen, that new... The, <laughs> There were two plays in that New Jersey Devils game, both or two goals where Morgan Riley played a breakaway, like just how how a one on one and a two on one, just the opposite of how you're supposed to play them. He played the two on one. He went on one knee and pushed the other way. It's it's crazy. Like just he doesn't do well at um, defending the rush, which is obviously incredibly important to be good at three on three. Yeah. So I feel like in my head I was like, okay, that's that's Can you why break we down why he's not good at defending the rush. Because his his gap control is terrible. Yes, his gap control is not very good. He's not doesn't understand when to, I guess, tighten the gap. That's kind of the same thing. Yeah, that's it's pretty, it's pretty much just his gap control. That's that's so when you look at it, issue. what I see from it, his skate, his backwards skating is kind of poor. He's not very comfortable skating backwards, and he's not very comfortable getting down to block passes. On top of that, what you mentioned, the gap control, his thinking on defense is terrible. He doesn't recognize. Okay my forward or my defenseman has the passing option. I can attack the, the shooting option. We've seen way too many times. He just gives, gives them space and gives them space and gives them space and doesn't really take away the shot and doesn't really take away the pass and kind of does a half knee down and opens up like crazy where we saw in a Vegas golden Knights game, them pass it through him twice. Yeah. Like it's, it's a horrible ability to identify what you should be doing in defensively. And it just, it's probably because he's very uncomfortable skating backwards. Yeah, honestly. And I remember early on in his career, he could he would only turn one way when he was skating backwards. It took like a long time for him, like at the NHL level, to like figure out how to turn the other way. I forget which way yeah. it was which. I think it was he was able to turn left, but he couldn't turn right. Anyways, um I think he honestly did that up until like twenty nineteen, if I remember. Like I and feel there like was one year the year after his seventy two point year, he was dealing with a knee injury. Uh, and I had never seen defense so bad in my life. Yeah, that's not good. He would just like kinda go half knee it was really, really he, I don't know. It was re- horrible and then finally he was like, Okay, I can't play anymore, my knee hurts too much. And then it was like, Okay, finally, because you've been terrible. But yeah. anyways, um in terms of the three on three, you had a good point. So give off your point. Off off air, you had a good point as to why the Leafs are not performing at three on three. Oh, it's just it's it's a small problem that our honestly our best players have, mm-hmm. and I 
I honestly want to leave Marner out of this because I think he does well at this, but I'm going to lump him in as well. I, I know I just said that, so that's kind of cheating. But anyways, our best players take way too long of shifts. In three-on-three, they also do it at five-on-five. Five. You could see it You could see it if you watch last game, uh, the Islanders game. Uh, the Nylander, Bunting, and Matthews line were mm-hmm. terrible at that. They would they spent almost like a, a minute and a half in, in the offensive zone, and the puck goes the other way, and they didn't change. It's mm-hmm. like you should have been changing at, at that time. You went there and back, there and back, like you should be changing, especially after a long, dominant offensive possession. Like they, the, That line just was not good at changing, and you could see that ripple into overtime. The, every single time we've gotten caught on these plays, it's because the, the players have been out there way too long. And mm-hmm. I, 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 can, I understand why Austin Matthews is doing it. He's probably incredibly frustrated at the fact that he has so few goals at even strength. Mm-hmm. Even though he still has nine goals on the year, he wants to get more. He knows he can do yeah, better. He's only got three at five on five. So he, I, I can, you can just tell by the, like, he, never, he never used to do this. It's not like it's a no, habit that he's had his entire career. He's hungry, which is like a good sign, but you got to be smart about it. Mm-hmm. And those decisions to stay on the ice lead to goals. The New Jersey game, those guys were on the ice for a minute and a half. They had an opportunity to change about 30 to 45 seconds in, but they didn't. Um, the Islanders game, I think it was the first The first group changed quick, which was good, and then the second group got stuck. The first group, or no. I don't think... I think no, the no, first no, no. group also did something terrible. Yeah, and anyways... And I don't think they... I think they stayed out there too long, but... but anyway, it ruins the flow of things. Like, you yeah. just got to make your changes when you can. Um, and then on top of that, their puck management is atrocious. I've never seen a team less willing to cycle back in overtime like the Leafs. For some reason, we're forcing passes through the middle of the ice at our own blue line. We're forcing passes at the other team's blue line. like, And it burned them both times. Like This this is... It, it's incredible. I've never seen anything like that. And then the funny thing today, the Leafs were practicing three-on-three. Three. And, and <laughs> the best part is they apparently scored on their opening shift. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Everyone's so happy about it. But hey... What's the biggest elephant in the room? The Leafs were playing themselves. If we can figure out how to do that in overtime, then maybe we can score a goal. But hey, like until that happens, like we're not going to be able to yeah. figure it out. So you brought up Matthews's poor five-on-five scoring. Uh, guess who he's below in five-on-five goals per sixty so on the team or in five-on-five scoring rate on the team? David Camp, obviously, he has the same amount of goals yeah, as David obvi- Camp. Obviously, he's below <laughs> David Camp. David Camp's fifth on the team. Who is he below? Uh, Give a real one. Wait, five on five like goals? Yes, per 60. Engvall? Yes. Yarncrook? He's below Engvall. Jeez. Is he below? Here's the thing. Probably below Yarncrook too, somewhere here. I'm slightly... Kelly Yarncrook, second on the team at five on five goals per 60. We love it. That's what we got him for, Very right? Nice. Goal scoring. Cool. But um, I was just going to touch on Matthew quickly and just say like, I'm worried, but I'm not. Like I know he's yeah, gonna come back. I'm just worried that if it's like an injury or like something that's no. bothering him, as long if it's I mean, not last, that, I'm f- last night's goal was a good sign. Like get to the high tip and get through. That was very nice timing, very nice goal. We've seen a willingness to get to the the net. I mean, we're seeing more and more. I mean, that Buffalo game, just the ability to take away the puck. Holy smokes! Him and John Tavares, every puck near them, it seems like ends up on their stick. Uh, like he's not shy in terms of injury. He's not shying away from hits as well. I put out that little highlight tape of his three biggest ones. He's got 39 this year. Huge. Someone tried to comment. Oh, I love when the TikTok when it gets a little bit of attention on the other fan base. Oh, this is all of his three hits from this year. No, he's got 39, buddy. And then they get they, they bring up something. Oh well, you Leafs fans, you never won a playoff yeah. series in the past six years. Nice, the lowest hanging fruit. It's literally touching the floor. Zamboni driver. Like. Like, okay, don't drool too much on your phone. <laughs> it's going to break. But 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's three-on-three three overtime. We suck. Hopefully something can change because yeah. one in five is kind of funny at this point, but hopefully we're not laughing when it's like, ah, damn. We we're, have, uh, we're five. No, we're five points out of like the first playoff spot and guaranteeing home ice or something like that. Oh, Wonder where we could have made those points up. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I don't think we have to because it looks like that the uh, Boston Bruins are going to run away with it, which is insane. But anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. For now. Holy smokes. Yeah. Tampa Bay is also creeping their way back. But anyways, yeah, it's I mean, so early in the season. Standing Tampa Bay, they always kind of. Yeah middle and then in the playoffs everyone decides okay yeah we're not injured anymore we can circumvent we don't have to circumvent the cap anymore it's gone let's uh let's all get back to full health um so let's talk about the yeah i was just gonna say it's crazy the bruins have two losses this year in 19 games with a plus 40 goal differential and who did they lose to the 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 best that's why pete blackburn who's a big leafs uh, i mean sorry big leafs hater Big Bruins Boston. fan yeah. was saying, though, the Leafs, the Boston Bruins haven't lost in USA all month or something. In in, in November, they haven't lost in USA. Brother. On home, on home soil. You, you, you got enough all W's right. this year. Like, right. Just buzz. You don't need that. I know. Anyways. Anyways. So let's get into the big, big, big point of the, of the week. Morgan Riley is injured. Who's going to get his minutes? That first po- spot on the power play is up for grabs. Kind of. I mean, it's yeah. Rasmus Sandin's spot right now. Right now? We'll see. Yeah, he was he was filling in. Okay. Um, second power play, presumably, is going to go to Mark Giordano. Um, and obviously, deservedly so. Possibly, they, they might shift in Lilgren there a little bit. He's got some offensive capabilities. But right for right now, obviously, I think it will go to, to Mark Giordano. Um, what are you saying here? It looks like Ben so, and Hallwell. Yeah. I, yeah, so... Uh, well, I was just going to start off like who would get his minutes. So I think that's like an important thing to think about because um, he so plays the lines right now. I think it's big to to just read that out. Yeah. So the it... lines right now are Giordano, Hole, Sandy, and Lilgren, Ben, and Hollowell, and then Mete right now is the extra. Yeah, and I'm just thinking back to like our normal lines, like or not our normal lines, but like our lines that were being played before the injuries of uh, Riley and Brody. Brody was playing with Hall, and Riley was playing with. Lilligan or Ben mm-hmm. um, and I think the purpose of that was to kind of create distinct roles for those lines and I think that's what they're probably going to do here where the Hall Giordano is going to play more of the Hall Brody style of minutes and time mm-hmm. um, and then the Sandin Lilligan is going to probably likely take the, the Riley minutes that's what I'm thinking at five on five yeah okay does that make yeah. sense and then to the the last two though I want to touch on that quickly Ben and Hollowell yeah. So it looks like Hallwell is probably going to be playing next game. Well, yeah. If, I mean, if Mete is an extra, then yeah, right. I so would, I would suppose so. Frustrating because I thought Victor Mete looked really good when he was playing for the Leafs, and the only reason why he got bumped down was because of Jordy Ben being Jordy healthy. Ben came back. Yeah. Which is, I don't think that's fair. I think Mete. I don't know. I have mind you, I haven't watched a single AHL game. I don't know how Mac Hallwell's been playing. I don't know how Mete's been playing since being demoted. Maybe he hasn't been taking that well. I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. But if I were the Leafs, I would have played Victor Mete because I think that he has looked honestly a lot better than expected in the small sample that he's played for us, and he's done exactly what we've asked him to do. So, yeah, um, I mean, I get it. You want to get Hollowell in his reps, but our decor is already incredibly thin. And I know I'm being a little hypocritical here because I just touched on like, okay, like let's mix things up. Let's like 
Let's let's see the blender. Let's do it because guess what? Season doesn't matter as long as you make the playoffs. Yeah. It does not matter. It's the the whole point is to test stuff. But I don't know if this is the right time to throw Hollowell into the fire. Yeah, I understand what you mean. I mean, Hollowell's got nine points in eleven games. His offensive game, I would say, is better than Victor Mete's. I do like Mete's um, skating better than Mac Hollowell's, but I think Hollowell has a better shot and kind of better offensive instincts. Um, Hollowell's been in the Leafs system for a while now. And um, he does have a leg up on Mete because he played for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and <laughs> Victor Mete did not. Haha, that was a joke. <laughs> but anyways, um, in terms of, I think they're just going to give Hollowell a try and be like, hey, Fair. like third pairing minutes. Like, I don't think he's going to play more than 13 minutes kind of thing. So why I not t- give him a try? See how he works out. We've already seen Victor Mete. So just try to work him in there. And then if it doesn't work, We've seen Victor Mete. We know what he'll he'll bring. Hear me out. I just wouldn't do it against the Devils. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that's good. like the right match. Maybe it is because the Devils don't forecheck his heart. I think Victor Mete. I mean, sh- Victor Mete has gotten into turnover troubles in his own end. Fair at points this year already. So maybe Mac Hollowell. I haven't seen him a ton with the Marlies. Hollowell also hits more than Victor Mete, so there okay. is that too. A little bit nastier. I just but assume, they're both the same size. Yeah, so I was like, I assumed Hollow was smaller, so he wasn't like a physical style uh, defender. But then again, Sandin isn't the biggest defender, and he's pretty it's physical. The same sort of thing, but yeah. Sandin's more packs more of a punch and is more physical than yeah. Hollowell. Okay. Hollowell gets a little nasty out there. We saw it in the preseason for sure. Um, but yeah, this is a very very small decor for the Leafs. I uh, mean, incredible. When time. you look at it, let's uh, let me wise? pull it all like height and weight wise. I mean. Giordano's six foot. He's he's a thick guy. He's very very strong. Uh, Justin Hall is six three. I want to say sizable doesn't hit that much, but blocks a lot of shots. Um, Rasmus Sandin, I want to say is five ten, maybe one eighty or so. Timothy Lilgren's five eleven, six foot around there. Jordy Ben's a bigger guy, six two. I want to say six three. I don't have it in front of me. And then Mac Hollowell at five nine. So, I mean, you have two guys in there that are below five eleven. And one guy that's maybe six foot. I actually don't know what his official listing is, but that's a very small, small decor relative, especially compared to the Devils when you're looking at that. Yeah. Um, and a very cheap decor too, though. I mean, you you do have to remember that. Yeah, that's like, that's like a big. I mean, we're on our eighth defense. No. We're on our ninth defenseman. Yeah, and it's funny because it's like <laughs> to start the year, where's Sandin going to play? How's he going to get minutes? And then all we of all a sudden, knew that eventually someone, he would get minutes. Yeah, but but it's almost like we kind of wanted him. Like, not I don't. I never want someone to get hurt, but you're almost in your head thinking like, okay, like we're probably going to need an injury for him to get into the lineup. And then now that's cascaded into like our three best defensemen getting hurt. Yeah, I so know. I mean, and out significantly. Like we all expected Jake Muzzin to sit for what at least thirty to forty games. Yeah maybe even 50 yeah now it's looking like 78 games yeah. so that kind of sucks but like we all expected that him to miss time and then morgan riley's been a, like steady on morgan riley and um tj brody i was not expecting that at all tj brody's still like a week and week or so away from being able to return too so those were unexpected injuries right there and like that's your top 3d right there yeah so I mean, how many other teams? You could say, oh, the Leafs, they're not deep enough on defense. God, we're on our ninth defenseman. Yeah. Like Please now- find me a team that has 9D. Yeah, seriously. And you're like, yeah, I would I would love him in the lineup. 
for more than 13 minutes. Like, come on. Thank God we didn't trade Justin Hall. Am I right? <laughs> um, yeah, <kind> of. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was going to... Justin Hall against... Uh, I'm trying to remember... Oh, it was Buffalo. There was a couple like... Wasn't like blatant. You know how usually his errors are like blatant giveaways? Yeah. Which he did have one against the Devils. But against Buffalo, there was a couple just, he got turn style. Like looking one way, puck goes the other right behind him and the, the forward is behind him for a good chance. One was on Alex Tuck in front and Murray made a nice save. And then there was another, um, Murray made another save. So he bailed yeah. him out twice. Shout out to Matt Murray. But Shout out Matt Murray. Quickly before we move on from the Riley situation. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting case study because Very. we've talked about the past almost year and a half. It's almost coming up to the anniversary of when Morgan Riley signed his call. Actually, no, it's past the end. Past. It's past. He signed it. like it's, Halloween. Yeah, he signed on Halloween. You're right. I remember. Yeah, because I was getting ready for a Halloween party. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he was like, holy shit. And we're like, oh, we got to do it. Yeah. We got to talk about this. <laughs> um, yeah, so he got signed to the. Like he does things. I know what you're getting at. Yeah. Morgan Riley does things well offensively yes he does not do too many things well defensively especially off the rush yes but where you're gonna miss him is that extra offense like from the back end that you don't get really from those other guys i mean when you look at morgan riley he's a good pass in it in the offensive end and making stretch passes he's pretty good as well like in the offensive end his ability to jump into the play like a little deactivation is fantastic. He makes really good passes. I mean, he has zero goals this year, so shots really not a much of a factor. But like activations or pinches is another word for it. Activations in the offensive zone. Activations off the rush. The ability to skate the puck up the up the ice. Like you're really gonna miss that part. I mean, can you play like you did with the Islanders, where it's more sit back, more conservative? and try to get your forwards to to do all the work. I mean, I don't know. Our forwards really at 5 on 5 haven't done too too much. So, and then on the power play, I think I think the power play is going to be a wash to be honest. Yeah, honestly, I really think on the power play he's our third best power play defender. Ooh. I think Mark Giordano and Razor Sander are Ooh. both better than him. No disrespect to Morgan Riley, I like that's Yeah, Riley's like, game is more so jumping up and catching the the D, the, the opposing defense lacking or exactly. catching like putting um like it's called numbers but like putting the leafs at a numbers an advantage, advantage numbers yeah. a numbers so, advantage off a rush or something the biggest it, the biggest advantage he co- it come that from him off the power play like you said is off the rush it's like if the defense is slipping like that goal he scored against pittsburgh he can but that rush was up one. Ex- exactly <laughs> when does that ever he happen he doesn't really get entries <laughs> off the on the power play he doesn't create you're right he does not create off of entries on the power play or mm-hmm. does he ever get an entry on the power play the only ever time he is like better than sandin and Giordano in like a role on the power play is jumping up in the play. Once that's in the zone, I'm sorry, Sandin and Giordano are better than them simply for the fact that I've noticed at least on the power play, Riley's a little bit like a half second, half step slow at moving the puck and making the Mm -hmm. correct pass. And maybe we haven't seen enough of uh, Giordano and Sandin to give the same criticism on that top pair because this top power play is so like loaded that these guys think at such a high level, maybe, maybe it's just, no, like it's tough to find a defense that can keep up with them. Anyways, oh. regardless of that, their shot, their shot is significantly better than Morgan Riley. Like those guys can yeah, get pucked through. Like Morgan Riley, he's almost admitted it himself by by showing us that he, in practice he's been working on getting shots through and, and shooting from the point. Last year, last year he was doing that. So should that, probably practice that a little more. Yes, a hundred percent. Zero goals this year. Yes, and he's screwing my bet. Um, one stat I want to bring up: this is via Stathletes from Megan Chaika's, um 
she posted this video talking about it was mainly Eric Carlson, but one of the graphics contained a Leafs player, so I yes. had to to find it. Uh, entry passes per game via Stathletes, Morgan Riley's at one point oh. Um, this is one, two, three, four, fifth, fifth. Okay. Um, in the entire I believe, NHL. Yeah, I believe like Roman Yossi number one, Eric Carlson two. So Owen Power three. What entry passes? What do you know? What that exactly means? Does that mean all getting situ- the zone and passing, or creating an entry yeah, off all, of a all pass? Situations. I believe creating an entry off a pass. I mean, yeah, I guess. But at least- you are putting your 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 forwards in a favorable spot. Yeah. Maybe yeah, you're yeah, able yeah. to draw in the D. Like, yeah, there are other obviously contingents to it. However, yeah. it is a good stat. It's a good stat. It's a good stat. Um, it is something like the transit. They're going to miss him there. That's true. That's very so. true. But getting back to like our hypothesis is that when he signed this deal, uh, I know we're kind of jumping around, but I want to get back to the hypothesis that mm-hmm. we had. So when we signed, when he signed this deal over a year ago, we yep. thought this was not necessary because we could make up for him on the aggregate. And so this is the perfect time right now without TJ Brody. So we're going to, we're really going to see like, like this is really money balling it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna make, we're gonna see if we can make like this team on defense can make up for the absence of Riley on the aggregate. So, um, because he's definitely out for twenty four days, yes. ten games minimum. Yep. Um, and if what Darren Dreger tweeted is correct, he said likely MCL grade two sprain. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I play a ton of fantasy football, and I can tell you that it'll take probably two to three months for him to fully recover, four to six weeks, oh. which is about that. But to actually fully become himself again, there's like so a little bit of time after being able to play where you, you're not really a hundred percent. You're not fully there. You're like, yeah, you, you're a hundred percent, and that's the, so you're able to play, but you're not your old self. Yeah. Um. And then on top of that, he's 29, so I'm a little worried. Like, not a dinosaur. I mean, not a not dinosaur, but old. I'm a little worried about like this is now 28 this, too. 28. But this is is this his second knee injury? Uh, yeah. I hope. I just second hope it's not knee on injury the, in like three, four years. I just hope it's not on the same knee. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate what happened. It's going to be interesting to oh, see actually, how we make third, up for it. He tore his ACL in his draft year and then Jeez. he got injured a few years ago. And then now this one, that's so. yeah. Hmm. Anyways, um, it'll be, it'll, it'll be very word of the podcast. Interesting to see how they make up for Morgan Riley, because we've ragged on him a lot. I had to bring up what he does well, because sometimes we forget that he does do things. Well, there is a reason he he puts up the number of points that he does. Yep. So, like, it'll be very, very interesting to see how they fill in for him. I mean, it is a little unfair for, like, Sandine. I mean, there you have to fill in for him, but then also, like, you are technically also filling in for TJ Brody yes. and Jake Muzzin. Yes. Like, <laughs> you have to remember that, too. Yes. Those and guys are out. I, but I think also part of, like, what we, like, at least at least what I think in the NHL is that, like, defense isn't about, like, defense isn't about like just play like playing defense isn't like who you have on defense it's a team thing right so it's like oh yeah if Can our the team, forwards be a little bit more responsible yeah exactly the, Every, like, everyone's gonna, gonna pick up the three slack. guys deep um are you gonna stay out late for changes like, are you small it, things like that like, are you gonna have in a four on four one of your deep pinches and then morgan riley also pinches <laughs> because that did happen that happens <laughs> um but yeah, no, like Morgan Riley, what, the things he does well, he does exceptionally well. He's some of the, he's one of the best in the leagues at doing mm-hmm. what he does well in transition. But what, the things he doesn't do well, he is like legit the worst defenseman in the league at, at those things. Uh, yeah, he's uh, like not like like one of the worst in the league. The fa- and like, yeah, I would say so. So it's it's crazy because like he's 
upside is so insanely good, but then his downsides almost mitigate how good he is. So we'll see how um, we'll just have to pay attention to how this team plays without him because it's really going to be a different look. We've never really seen over a long stretch of time no Morgan Riley. I know. The only time we saw it was in that 2019 year. Where he, when 1920. He, yeah, 1920 when he was hurt. And like, arguably, like, TJ Brody is just, the, or sorry, Tyson Berry is literally the, like almost the exact same player as him. Very similar. A uh, little bit different, but same in same sort deficiencies. of. Same deficiencies. Yes, yeah, same in the sense of. They like, do offense, offense differently. Yeah. But they get offensive. Def- uh, they're both offensive defensive. Exactly. They, just both offense. Easily say that. They both generate offense differently, but they both generate offense. Yeah. But their deficiencies are exactly the same. Not off their shot. Yeah. Too. Um, so, so yeah, yeah that Morgan was, Riley in terms of defensive scoring at five on five, like he's seventh in the league. Yeah, that's good. Over the last three seasons, that's five really on good. five, sixty points in the last three years. Like, well, that includes this season too. So twenty yeah. from twenty twenty one that half bubble season to to present, he's seventh in the league behind We're, Yossi Makar, Shea Theodore, Adam Fox, Chris Letang, and it, you know he's out. Maybe Justin Falk catches him. And Mackenzie Weger. A couple of guys nipping at his heels there. Really? How how close is Mackenzie Weger to him? Falk and Weger are both tied at fifty eight. Hmm. And they both have Falk has seven less games played and ha- and uh Weger has five less games played. And what's this was from twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? Twenty twenty one, twenty 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 one. Okay. I didn't want to say that multiple times. So yeah, I yeah. just called it the half bubble year. But anyways, okay. uh moving on. I wanted to talk a little bit of Matt Murray. Yes, let's get into that. He's been exceptional. This past week, these three games that we've seen from him, he's been exceptional. He does have his deficiencies. I know like his numbers are exceptional, and it's be- been because he's been very good. The Leafs' defense in front of him, you could say, oh, Leafs' defense has been b- pretty good in front of him. Like, have they really? They've given up a, a, a lot of chances. They've given up a lot of shots on top of that, too. Like, the Buffalo game, they got vastly outshot. I mean, that was also a lot of garbage time, but he held very strong. And there was points in that game where the Leafs gave up chances when it was 0-0 or one nothing, and he held up exceptionally strong in those situations. So the reason I said to remember that Nico Hischier goal, that's part of his deficiency. Off the rush, this is something that we've seen. We saw it in the Montreal game multiple times too. Off the rush... His stance starts to get a little bit too wide. His balance starts to falter. You'll see him hunching over more and more and more, and that's where good shooters will beat him high every time. I thought Jack Hughes was going to be the one to do it because Jack Hughes can rip it high very, very, very well, and we saw him do that against Karel Vamelka, I believe, before the Leafs game. But it was Nico Hishier that ripped it right under the bar on him, and that was because stance got a little bit too wide off the rush. He started to falter a little bit, and then bam, top corner. I mean, a lot. I've seen people say, "Oh, it's his glove positioning." No, he's he's pretty much falling over. <laughs> he's falling over himself on that. So that's his deficiency. However, I really like when he's his post game, his game be- like below the goal line, and his game against the post. They call that the RVH. So pushing from post to post, getting from the post out to meet shots quick off of one timers, everything. It looks exceptionally well. And he's made, I'd say, at least three or four very nice saves coming out of the RVH. One was uh, Jack Hughes off a a nice Justin Hole muffin late in the game, too. He came right across post to post, met him there, stopped it, no problem. Um, Like Alex Tuck's save against Buffalo was really nice, too. 
Uh, his rebound control has been solid. Um, another small deficiency does kind of tend to fall on his ass when pucks get a little bit scrambly. Um, but the Leafs have done a good job of being able to just lock it down. Like with Matt Murray, you have to limit the the chances off the rush and just lock it down in front of the net. Get your Jordy Benz in there to block shots when needed, tie up sticks, tie up bodies, let him see the shot, and he'll stop it. Like even if there's mo- movement, because the Leafs have given up a good amount of movement, he's been able to stand tall. And he's a he's a unit too. So if he's able to stay healthy, this looks... Very nice. And I mean, that's a big if. <laughs> we do have to bring that up. It is a big if, but knock on wood, that he does. It's been very nice watching him play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I can't really touch my touch much on. Yeah, no, I can't really mention much. I don't, I don't know. I have nothing to say about Matt Murray. He's been stopping the puck. He's been stopping the puck. That's um, what we need. I just do notice, like you said, he's like, can get, like, lose his feet from under him sometimes. And oh, like, yeah. So. The funny thing is, uh, former pro goaltender, he was a Winnipeg Jets draft pick, Jamie Phillips, very good follow on Instagram. If you want to learn, well, it's, it's, it's very heavy information on goaltending, very, very in-depth. It's really, really good stuff. But he gave like a couple different, he made a couple different videos where it was like, oh, when your stance is too wide, you're not able to get a good push, you lose your balance, all that. He used like four different examples of Matt Murray in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was watching this. It was before he started with the Leafs. Like in the off season, I was like, "Oh my god, please stop!" That's not reassuring. Delete, but delete this. <laughs> that's okay. I'm sure he will improve and get better and fix those issues. If not, then yeah, nothing we can do about that. So exactly. So um, Matt Murray, been great. Keep it up. Um, one thing before we get into Robertson, uh, we saw saw Mitch Marner on defense. Yep. I mean. Everyone's a really, lot of people saw it now. Yep. A lot of people noticed it. You, you know why? Because he got walked. He got walked by Nico Hishier. And then yep. the shift, that two shifts after or whatever, um, he laid out to block a pass and they just went right around. Yeah. It's uh, like, what a surprise. He's not the The best. league is now laughing at us. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? It's frustrating. That's all we need to say about that. And yeah. I mean, I wonder if they're going to, you know what? One more thing we're going to say about that. I wonder if they're going to go to that now that Morgan Riley isn't there. Because when they would do Probably. it, it would be Riley and Riley and Marner. Marner. So like, why they would probably do it? Really? Who would they play with then? Anyone? Riley or and Sandin? Giordano. Or sorry, Giordano and Marner. Giordano Marner. Yeah, it's crazy. I know it's very stupid. And Sheldon Keefe's response to it was, I can't find the video, but I don't know. He was like, "Oh, it was very nice. We moved the puck very well." I'm like, "You got a wide he." The one time he moved the puck nicely, he was just wide open. The Devils were changing. I mean, anyone on our deep core can do that. Yeah, it's so it's, it's silly. It's because, like still very silly. It has not worked at all. You know what? Maybe they'll score one goal on it, and then Sheldon Keith will try to throw it in our face. But then they'll have three scored against them in one game. Watch it. It happens. It, it just ha- it just happens. Yeah, he's I, not a defenseman. Yeah, and, and again, like I just want to reiterate this. I'm not against. This like I, I I hold on I am against this but I don't want like listen if you want to play four forwards play four forwards if you want to play five forwards play five forwards but don't do it in the second period with six minutes left that should be like kind of reserved for the end of the game mm-hmm. like especially if it's a close game like because the, the way they're utilizing it was, it, it was at the end of the game he did was, try to end of the game but that's when he got walked they did it on the Islanders in the Islanders game I'm just remembering, remembering <laughs> this remember because I remember because during the the not the halftime show the the intermission, intermission broadcast they were, they showed a clip of 
Sheldon keeps saying, no, 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 leave Mitch out there. Let him play D. And it's like, this was like literally six minutes left in the second period. Is it a power just, play? No. I just don't. It, I, I, I don't understand. I understand it. to get something to work, you have to like keep trying, trying at of it. Of course. But it's like the, the, the theory behind it is kind of broken. And there are limitations to it. And so, we're just still trying it. So I think now that Morgan Riley's out, good, good that you brought that up. They're going to, every single game that they're down, two minutes left, he's going on defense. Yeah. That, Unfortunately. Honest, yeah, now that you mentioned it, that does make sense. And I just, I did that quick little filibuster because I wanted to look up. They've only played two minutes together so far. Two minutes, 16 seconds at five on five, right? Because again, I don't have a problem throwing up five forwards and Morgan Riley, six on five. I'm not, I don't have an issue with that. If you're, yeah. you're down a goal, you yank Teddy, that's fine because chances are you're going to have the puck in their zone for the entire time anyways. But the problem is when it's like on the fly, on the rush, and you're doing this stuff. They usually only do it after mm-hmm. whistle, but you, you, you know what I'm trying to get at. Anyways, they've been outshot and outcoursied three to one. So three to one, three to one <laughs> shots against three shots. Look, against that's three in one. situations where you're down and yes. you're trying to push for a goal. Yes. The other team's out shooting. You. Yes. Yes. And I assume that they're doing this against obviously not or the other team's best players because that'd be incredibly stupid to put someone well, who they did. I mean, Nico Hishier. I, I, so then, so they, hey, like, go. what am I saying? Like, they have, so maybe they are incredibly stupid. Silly. So it's. It's dumb. Let's it, be honest. It has it's not dumb. worked and I don't anticipate that it'll work with flying colors anytime soon. So, think that. Like, maybe you can get this to work if you did this with Mitch Marner from the age of when he was 13. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> Go he's back in time 24 and make Mitch years old. Like, he does, like... He didn't know. even play defense at, in, when he was in London. You know why? Because he was better at forward. Oh, and they would just put him out there again at forward. Yeah. Like, galaxy brain stuff there. Like, it's almost like, wow, this guy who's drafted fourth overall is, like, one of the best forwards in the NHL. Let's put him on defense. Or just, or just like the, the, the rationale sometimes is like give him more minutes or you could just, you know, give him more minutes, you know, it's yeah, like, I know. you don't have to put him on defense, give Brilliant him more minutes. Stuff. Anyways. Anyways, I digress. You got two left feet, on, left shoes on right now with that one. That's what it feels <laughs> like, but let's go on. Uh, Nick Robertson was scratch, scratched this week. Um, Sheldon Keith gave a couple, I don't know. He was asked every, he's like, I'm not going to answer this every single day. It's like, well, you got some guys in there that are not doing anything, so why do you keep refusing to play Nick Robertson? But finally, Nick Robertson now draws in. He's playing with the fourth it, line. No, is it the fourth line? No, we uh, should have this up. I have it up right here. Robertson, so, Tavares, Marner. Okay, Ooh. good. It's like the second you put together that, like that, this, I'm just going to quickly air out my frustration as to what, like he's Sheldon Keefe is shocked why he keeps getting this question. Bro, you're this is guy is supposed to be like our prospect, and you are basically scratching him for one of our top prospects. For no, 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 literally one of our top prospects. You're scratching him for no freaking reason. Like, and he like played well. Was, he's played well. He he's played, got points. Like, he played pretty decently, and it was the last game that he played. He had two really good chances. It's crazy. I, mean, I think it was. It might have been the last game he played. Josh might have had actually talked about it too because I, I'm remembering. I brought it up. There was a nice pass to. Uh, there was a, a nice shot where he ripped it low on Spencer Martin and Martin shut it down. It was a very nice, it was a pretty nice save. Uh, and then the next chance that he got, he got the puck and he fed it across. Beautiful look to who Pierre Engvall and Pierre Engvall buried it into the goalie's chest. And it's like, okay, he played like what? Nine minutes that game. And you give him two good scoring chances. Shouldn't that earn you a little bit more leeway, but apparently not. Um, I have my worries that they're going to do something stupid with this, like only play him in the offensive zone, which they've done before. <laughs> it's dumb. If he's on that line, play him on that line. Yeah. And, Anyways. And, but yeah, like the reason, like we have seen 
deficiencies with Nick Robertson. He's not a, oh, fantastic player, 50-goal scorer. Why is he not playing? Like, he is a bit weak on the puck. He is a smaller guy. He's not very heavy. Has trouble getting the puck himself. Has trouble kind of creating his own opportunities. But he has talent. He has shooting talent. He has offensive talent. And guess what? We have not scored many five-on-five goals this year. We kind of need that. We 100% need that. And also, like, I'm sorry, Alexander Kerfoot is not the answer in our top six. I don't know how many times I've said this over the past three years. uh, He's he's not the answer in the top top. Sorry, top six. I think yeah. I said top four. Anyways, he's not the answer in the top six. Like, we need to, like, I do not want to see, like, it's he not going to happen. one goal this year. I don't want to see him play in the top six again for the Leafs, like, ever again. It's Legit. crazy it doesn't work. it's not like, oh, he's been invisible. Like, you notice him, but it's like. Because like, you know, you're, that breakaway, you're like, how the hell does he not score this goal? Like <laughs> That breakaway he got on uh, on Saturday, I stood up. Uh, I was at the game. I stood up, but I'm like, there's, there's, there's no, no way he's scoring way he scores. Scores. It's like, he gets in too close, and then, like, just doesn't have a very he has a, he has a terrible shot. He made a nice move on Lukanen, but then it was just too close in and buried into his pads. Like I don't know, he's not very good at faking out the goalie. He doesn't have a very good shot, so it's like unless he's passing it to someone else, the puck's not going in the net. Yeah. And even then, when he's passing it to someone else, it still hasn't been going in the net. Yeah. So it's been a tough year for him. Yeah. So that's good that we're seeing. Robertson, Robertson in the lineup and moved Getting up. An opportunity. So is the third, the second line. Third line is Kerfoot, Holmberg, perfect. Yarncroc. So that that'll be an interesting one. Got a couple vets around Holmberg there who's been he's been all right. He's been all right. I mean, yeah. his offensive potential isn't that high, but you know he knows what to do out there. He looks like a. I don't want to say he's like more of a fourth line center than a third line yeah. center, but like he looks good enough and is like a good enough placeholder yeah. until we like. Uh, better be a placeholder until we find someone who can play in the top six and yeah. do the little ripple effect and get I agree. curve it down the line. But anyways. Yeah. Um, so Malgin is the player that's coming out. Yeah. He's gotten a ton of chances. Just he's, I mean, his shot is a different rendition of Alexander Kerfoot's because yeah. I, he's gotten so many chances, but he just buries it straight into the goalie's chest every single time. He's got more bite than what like Engvall does. So he hits a lot more than him and it's impactful too. He comes in with speed. Uh, however, I haven't loved his puck management, like shallow into the blue line, if that makes sense, like just yep. inside I'm, of the other team I'm zone. And place even, right now. even in the in the neutral zone, he's a little bit inefficient with the puck because, like, he's a good fourth liner because he's got some speed, he's got some skill, but the issue is he you can't play him up in the lineup because he's he doesn't think the game that well and he's not that smart of a player and he's not that efficient of a player. So you're able to take advantage of guys that don't have that skill set to that his level. However, he doesn't think the level of like even an NHLer. Yeah, he, and honestly, he's like a I don't I like him as an addition on the fourth yeah, he's line. A, he's even a good he's utility player. Yeah, and like he reminds me, he's like a not a, nowhere near as good as Andre Kosh, but like kind of what Andre Kosh was for us in the playoffs yeah, exactly. on that fourth line where we kind of Kasha was more defensively responsible than him because yeah. he still sucks at defense. Like it's pretty funny. You but know what? He he adds that offensive un, unexpected offensive punch on the fourth line. Yeah, and I think that you know what seven fifty k exactly we take that great. and I I think that. I think they he compliments both David Camp and Zach Zach Aston Reese pretty well. Oh, yeah. I agree. Too. So it sucks to see them broken up, but I I, again, I think Eggball I, I on the fourth it. line is fine too. He had yeah. a good game last game. He had a couple chances. Um, and nice primary assist to Cali Arncroft too. So he's been picking it up a little bit. I think. And on the fourth line, you know what? Like when you have speed on that fourth line, you're able to simplify your game, and it makes it a lot easier for that player, and you're, they're able to produce a lot more. 
yeah. than they otherwise would have. And it's good because now we got Alex Kerfoot, more of a playmaker with Cali Yarncroc. So that'll be good. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, the Leafs schedule upcoming. We got New Jersey again. I tomorrow took off the schedule. Seven. There we are. And then, oh, we got a fun one this week. So it's oh, a yeah. four game week. We've had the Islanders already. That's behind us. Now we got the Devils on a Wednesday. The Minnesota Wild. Listen to this one. Minnesota Wild. Black Friday, November 25th at 2 p.m. in Minnesota. That'll be fun. Is that a holiday in the States? Uh, like I guess half thanks- and half. Not official, but a lot of... Thing? Uh, no, Thanksgiving is a holiday. Yeah. Black Friday. Like because it's Thanksgiving on a Thursday. Yeah. Black- and it's like... Well, you're gonna make everyone go back to work, so a lot of companies give it give people the day off. So that's why you know you're able to have day games and such okay. there. Uh, and then so Friday, two p.m. Minnesota in Minnesota. Saturday, seven p.m. in Pittsburgh, and then Monday again in Detroit at seven p.m. It's Monday, right? Yes, Monday, yeah, November twenty eighth at seven p.m. Yeah, so a little four game road trip coming up. No Brody on this road trip. Samsonov is not playing on this road trip, but he is progressing well. He will he will fly with the team, I believe. I guess he's going to be there for emergencies. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Riley's not coming back anytime soon. So the odds are against the Leafs. This, this could be an interesting little ripple. I mean, maybe this injury and all these younger players coming in is a little rally cry for the team. Like, or it could just go horribly wrong. But hopefully it's the rally cry that the Leafs have been looking for and adds a little bit of juice and, you know, provides a little bit of a different gameplay that could work out well. That's a glass half full kind of look on it, I think. So coming out of the, these, so fast forward one week Tuesday, how many wins do you think the Leafs are going to get? Fast how forward m- to Tuesday. So we yeah. have four games. We have the Devils, Wild, Penguins, Red Wings. Who do you, like, are we able to steal two? Are we able to steal one? Like How the Wild, I'm a, the wild started off wild so bad. Terrible. So in my head, I'm like, well, they're eight, eight, and two, and they started off 0-3. So eight, five, and two over their last 15 games is not bad. I mean, they're still a good team. Um, I believe Flurry is injured, hurt. though. So they have Phil Gustafson, who's a young goaltender, who, I mean, we've seen. He'll probably least, shut us out realistically. Yeah, uh, so our only hope Has is the Reds. I can't remember. Who cares? That's irrelevant. Pittsburgh again. I mean, we know what to expect there. Third time this month. Um, yeah, the Wild. I'm, I'm interested to see how they play because it's it's been a very, very, very up and down season for them. The Devils. We know what to expect. Solid shutdown. Good offensively too. The Red Wings will be fun to see. We haven't seen them yet this year. They're again like another kind of team that's riding a. A good regression, I believe. I think they've been getting outchanced, but somehow squeaking through games. I, th- I think. I could be wrong there. Um, so in four games, out of a total of eight points, I'd like to see six, bare minimum five. All right. That's going to be a tough tough ask because you play the Devils. That's almost like we saw how that went. No, like no yeah. rally either. It's going to be You got a point there last week. Yeah. Why not two this week? Maybe. So... You still got Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares. Just, just, just remember that. You're right. So, you know, no worries. Out of four, I, I, I'd say six. Let's say six points. Let's do it. And six then we'll points. meet back here. We'll record on Tuesday. Release it on Wednesday. 
just in time for the Sharks to play. Perfect. Or at least play the Sharks. So anything else you got on the docket? That's it for me. Yeah, so the injury-riddled Toronto Maple Leafs go on their road trip, and we'll be back here with six points. Bang it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go, Leafs, go.